Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. So, what story are we getting into this week? Copy that. Call back later. You guys, this week, we're going to be talking about how the Lord is our holy teacher. Welcome to another episode of Bible <laughs> Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. Joining me, the Spanish croquette. Another week. How are you? <laughs> another day. Another dollar. I am, uh, I am decent. Oh, wow. Okay. Not the answer I was expecting. Why? I am decent. I'm decent. And I realize that that is okay. Yes. Not great. Not bad. I am somewhere in the middle. And you know what I've realized? I think we all sort of are to some degree. Today or in, in general? general? We're all decent people. <laughs> like, we're all just decent. We're all just decent. There's no good, no bad. Just yeah. Decent. Yeah. Uh, there certainly is good. And there certainly is bad. And I think that, I mean, we live in New York. Everyone wants to talk about gender and sexuality and all these things mm -hmm. being on the spectrum. Well, I think that, I think your, your goodness is also on the spectrum. <laughs> your badness yeah, 100%. is. 100%. Yeah. You know what I that mean? That is true. Though. I think I'm decent. You're decent. You're decent. You're decent. We're all just okay. <laughs> you know, we're all moderately shitty. <laughs> um, I, hi, Tangie, not hi, Tangie. Ooh, I'm coming in hot, guys. Let's hi, Tangie. I was uh, watching this episode, oh, so good, of Rick Glassman's show mm -hmm. with Giannis Pappas, I told you. Mm -hmm. Oh, you I, finished it. Yes, I finished it and I watched it again oh, because wow. it was so good. Sometimes Rick is like, Rick Glassman's this comedian who is really a really talented actor, writer, director too, makes his own content, his own stuff. He's a maverick in the podcasting sphere as long as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, he had the show with Giannis Pappas and it was so good. He had mentioned, or he asked Giannis, uh, uh, like how he felt about himself as a standup. Mm -hmm. And Giannis said something along the lines of, uh, I guess I'm good. And Rick was like, well, that's subjective. Don't, what, what is that, good? I mean, you could be good today, bad tomorrow. Like, mm -hmm. no, what, what, is it, what, el what else is there? Mm -hmm. And I think I put, I put him in my files. Let me go back to his oh, files. Oh, let's see what you got. Don't ask yourself, is it good? Ask yourself, is it honest? Is it real? Is it important? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? So like, simple. Good really is a point of, is a matter of perspective. What's good to you is bad for someone else. I know. So. And sometimes we can be so hypercritical about ourselves, which is a reflection of how we view other people as well. Hypercritical, mm -hmm. you know, it affecting your own bag, affecting mm -hmm. your own stuff, get, you're getting in your own way you know, focusing on the clouds. And I think he mentioned this, something he, he mentioned like this analogy between looking at the sky and like clouds. I know it was a, it was a comedic thing. It was a comedic okay. thing. There was background music and effects when he said it, <laughs> but it's focusing on the clouds and not letting them just be the thing that passes and remembering mm -hmm. that we have a sky that's never changing. That sky is way more important than the freaking clouds that you hyper fixate on if mm. they're over your head. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyways, it was pretty, pretty deep. Watch that episode. Clara, I don't know if you put the thumbnail up. Put it here. <laughs> it was a really good episode. And uh, it also reminded me that I need to be more honest. Like, I need to be more honest with people. Like, uh, I need to start saying no to people. Oh, uh, okay. No, that's another thing. 
there is something that's a weakness of mine. And it's the fact that I really do care about how people view me a lot. And mm. if I, if there is any window of them maybe thinking that I am like mean, bad, careless, thoughtless, thoughtless, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like so, up, uh, inconsiderate, then I don't want that. So I'll do something that I don't really want to do in order to make, to make sure that there's no indication of that coming from them. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? Um, we were having a conversation a while ago about our insecurities or like what you're so obsessed with your physical appearance sometimes, you know, like, oh, uh, your weight or your thigh or your skin or whatever, and how people around you don't even notice it. I feel like you, like, I think that's a good thought process for you, right? Like you try to overcompensate things that you don't even are certain that are like that. So the other person may not even feel this way b before you apply this like overcompensation, right? And like, you're just wasting all this energy. It's counterproductive because it's, it's not benefiting you and it's not benefiting the other person either because he may not have felt this way or she, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? In the first place. So now it's just like, it's, it's our brain sometimes. It's just so into things and then people don't really even do you know what body dysmorphia is yeah okay so for those that don't know what body dysmorphia is it's the uh, uh misconstrued perception of yourself mm -hmm. uh that whether it, it whether that be physical i mean well body i'm assuming it's physical say it's Wait, physical clara did you want to look, look it up because i don't want to give a wrong I like, think, yeah, I'm going to look it up, but while I'm looking up, I think it's the... I was going to say, perhaps body dysmorphia, like my, my body dysmorphia manifests itself in many different ways, including like... You have brain the dysmorphia. No. <laughs> yeah, the perception of me just as a person. Body dysmorphic disorder is a mental health disorder. If you have BDD, you may be so worried about the way your body looks that it interferes with your ability to function normally. You may take extreme measures such as repeated cosmetic surgery procedures to correct the oh. perceived flaw. Okay, no, 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 we're not doing that. I think like, for what I knew, oh no, no, actually it's not what I thought it was because it keeps saying, another definition keeps saying a mental health condition in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your body. Whether, whether real or imagined. Yeah. Yeah. It's preoccupied. <clears throat> a distinct mental disorder is which a person is preoccupied with an imagined physical defect. I was just using a parallel. Feelings, yeah. Because I know that attitude. my, I know I have a close friend named Luisa. Shout out Luisa, uh, amazing hair designer. She's about to blow up. I love her. Love you. Um, she always worries about, she'll be like, Brie, you're glitching. She'll say, Brie, you're glitching again. Or like, oh, you're, Brie. Um, uh, BD, like <laughs> that's what's happening in your head is actually not what's occurring. No, you actually don't look that way. That's not what's occurring, yeah. but you feel this way. You're valid, but it's not what's. But it's good that they uh, remind presenting. you, though. Yeah, uh, but point of the story is, go going back to saying no to people and being dishonest, you end up making your life harder for no reason, and you end up having bets of rage. Right. I am not a rageful person. I'm just not, I'm not, I don't become irate quickly. Right. I'm pretty patient. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of my strengths. Mm -hmm. And this weekend, I was tracking it to a place that was far in the rain. Oh. 
And I should have said no. In fact, I did say no twice. But when someone asks me something with enough vigor, I will you say fall. yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And I was so irate by the end of it. I was already running late. I literally had an umbrella. It was raining, just like my mood. <laughs> I was on my way there with the umbrella. You know what I do? Guys, you know what I do? What? Something out of a movie. What? I close the umbrella slowly. While it's raining? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My hair was what, destroyed. Was it like, was Makeup it? destroyed. My lash was on my cheek. <laughs> I closed that bad boy. I have it over my shoulder. And I chucked that umbrella in the trash can, but I just like, <laughs> I like just chuck it. Wait, wait. <laughs> I was not at the destination yet. I needed that umbrella. Why did you just throw it out? I don't know, Clara. I was oh. so irate with anger and disappointment because I, the whole time I was like, oh, I should have fucking, I, should, I knew I said no. I should have just, I should have just, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I end up coming disheveled in a mess to the destination. Like, what's up? <laughs> what's I'm that? here. With no umbrella. With no umbrella. <laughs> a perfectly functioning umbrella. <laughs> That I just was, you know what I'm saying? So it ends up like changing your character a little bit. I mean, Anywho, just say no. Be, be okay to say no. And also, they may be okay. And also, very important, not only be okay to say no, but be okay to receive a no as an answer. It's important to say no. Like, if they say no, it's no. No means no, people. <laughs> <laughs> no is no. No. No means no. <laughs> Except when it means yes. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, 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 no. Always get consent. There's only one situation where I would like say no means yes. And, and that applies to me only. Like, I don't know how <laughs> other people. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, when I'm mad. Sometimes when I'm, when I'm mad or upset, people ask me, ¿Qué te pasa? ¿Te pasa algo? Is, is something wrong with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hungry? No. <laughs> no, you gotta yes. let them know. You gotta very much. <laughs> you gotta let them know. That's but I don't know. Time. I haven't been in a relationship in a long time. Are know? you upset? No, like friends ask me too. Like, are you upset? Um, no. Yeah, but you're so bad at hiding it. I know. That's like, that's what makes it worse. Because my face will be there. That's like, are you upset? No. Clara, and it's so you're not only bad at it. <laughs> It's almost like an open invitation to ask again. I know. I am very bad with like <laughs> I'm an open I'm an open book they say that you can just see. Yeah, like you say no with your mouth and your body is saying, yeah, I'm telling you. You know something's wrong with me. <laughs> so just you better ask me. again. Whenever I act like this just feed me. Cuz okay. I'm like a baby. Honestly, like if I have food then my mood will change a little bit. Ugh. Oh wait, hi Tangie again. That reminds me. I was on a long walk. One of my long walks, I love long walking. Shout out to my long walk babes, mm -hmm. love them. And I was like, I don't even know what mile I was on. I, on my steps, I was like, like at 13,000 steps or something. I don't know, it was a pretty long, long, long walk. Wow. It was nice, it felt good, listening to my jams. And I had realized that I hadn't been replen replenishing my water or eating and stuff. Through the walk? Or yeah, through the walk, because okay. I was so focused. And I remember towards the end of it, I started to feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so weak and exhausted. And then that started bouncing to, oh, I have been feeling weak and exhausted in this area of my life. I'm just 
permanently weak and exhausted. I am weak. I'm a weak and exhausted person. Like it starts like bouncing off to these different things. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I stopped and I like just stood still, asked my body, body, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? My body. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you. And your body was like, what? Yeah, my body was like, yo, you're a drama queen. Just give me some water. <laughs> it I'm just, just felt thirsty. Yes. Bri, I just want water. So you know what I did? I went to a bodega, guzzled 16 ounces of water, oh. ate a Rice Krispie treat real quick. And within five minutes of like going back out, I wanted to go out. I was fine. Right. I didn't even feel the, the feelings, the sensations of exhaustion and tiredness felt they so distant. And here I was about to have my middle name be exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And all I needed to do was it's just water. And, and eat something. My mom always used to say, whoever ends up marrying you, I'm going to make sure they always have a, like a couple of cookies Snacks. in their pocket. <laughs> just in case. Because whatever you start acting like that, just feed a cookie. That's fine. I'm like a baby. <laughs> You're just getting yeah. sacked. Brand new person. No, I am too. My boyfriend I knows that too. Sometimes I'm like being a bitch because sometimes I'm just be acting bitchy out of nowhere. He's like, oh, you hungry. <laughs> let, let me feed you a little bit. I don't and know. that's it. I'm trying to think what makes me a bitch. I don't think I become a bitch when I'm hungry. Oh, I do. I think I'm too used to being hungry. <laughs> the girls that get it, get it. <laughs> and the girls that don't, don't. Okay, well. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the girls that don't, don't. <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, anything else to talk about? Oh, yes, there is something else to talk about. You guys, remember that short film I shot a few months back? Well, it has its world premiere. In Los Angeles, LA, California. Oh, that's right. At La, mm -hmm, La Leaf <laughs> Film Festival. And if any of you guys want to go or want to know more information about it, you can buy tickets. Uh, here is the link on screen, but I'll also leave the URL link in the description box below. Uh, I think tickets are like 15 bucks, 10, 15 bucks. I don't know. But if you're in the area, I'm going to be there too with my mom. So if you're there, like shoot me a DM or something and like we can say hi yes. or whatever. Let's all go to LA. Yes, let's all go to LA. Oh, LA. Wouldn't it be cool to do like a meet and greet while you're there? For your like South. SoCal. West, what is it, East or West? West. Southwest babes? We should. Like grab a drink or something after or definitely not before because you're going to be stressed out. But yeah, after. yeah, yeah. Or the next day have like oh a brunch goodness, or what something. What am I going to wear? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know what I'm gonna wear. I really don't think, like it's not my movie, it's a director's movie. Uh, I'm, you're the star of the movie. Yeah, I'm just talking You're the about main them. characters of my yeah, movie. It's like, yeah. If not you, then who, maybe? <laughs> if not, the camera girl? If not who, then? If not you, then who? There you go. <laughs> if not you, then how? Who? Who's gonna dress up, the camera girl? Nah. Uh, you gotta dress up like. Yeah, but there're gonna be so many other shorts. So cool. So make sure they know who's that girl. I know. I, I want to look cute. I definitely want to have a look. Uh, and also, I want to see what the other short films are like. Because I want to start. What's the premiere shorts. like? You just watch every single short film? I believe so, yeah. You, well, at, at least with this division of just shorts, I think you're you're seeing the whole. Because the whole point is Netflix funneled money into this part of this fellowship. Mm -hmm. And there are, I think, eight other film directors who got the, the Netflix fellowship right. through La Leaf. Mm. And the the director of my film was one of them. Anyways, I don't wanna bore you. Check it out. DM me or DM Clara. 
uh, and let us know. <laughs> I'm so bad, so bad with my DMs. Uh, oh. And yeah, that's the the movie. The movie's called Whore. <laughs> it is called Whore, but no. not not W H O R E. It's H O A R. Whore, like uh, like a like hoarder. Thor, but with a W. No, H O A R. Ah, whore. Like it's short for like H O. A R. A hoarder. Do you know what a hoarder is? A whore. Alguien que acumula muchas cosas oh. for no reason. Oh. Yeah. That's a like whore. it's like a hoarder. It's based on a, a a phone sex operator who gets a PhD gets into a really prestigious PhD program uh, in London and has to tell her hoarder mother. But like mm -hmm. it's like a mental illness. Like her mother mm -hmm. is a Do you have to do like a British accent? I did. Oh, I did. You have did to, indeed. Yes. Oh. I had to do a British accent. Oh, is that right? That is right. Oh. Oh, but then it turns into like Aussie. 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 Australia. <laughs> Beautiful. No, but yeah, I did. It was really bad. I didn't have to be good at it. I was like, oh, thank God. Um, I mean, you were an American who was going there, right? So exactly. You don't really need to sound like one. Um, but no, no, I had to fake a British accent having like oh, a phone well, sex on working. the phone. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. You had to yes, set I had my phone. phone call someone, well, uh, imaginary someone with a British accent. That, that would be right. That's like the sexiest shit ever. But it wasn't sexy because I was in sweatpants in a room in like New York. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh my God, I don't want to give away the movie. Sorry. No. No, 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 no. Beep, bleep, 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 bleep. remember that. Ah. We're just, if, you, if you're in Southern California, June 4th, 2022, a film that I was in will premiere at Lolly Film Festival. Uh, um, a, lot, a lot of other films are going to be premiering there. So uh, enjoy. Sorry, guys. She lied. It's not a film that she was in. <clears throat> Is a film that she was the star of. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank it you. It really is. There were like two stars and I was a star. Thank you. Main character. Women on Bright Along. Okay. Well, let's get, you know what? Let's get into the story. Let's get into this week's story. We are going to continue on discussing some of Isaiah's lamentations or his woes. What we discussed last week, we know that there are six chapters total describing Isaiah's woes to the nations of Israel. They're found in chapters 28 to 33. And because I am currently on a spiritual crutches, oh, <laughs> we are only doing two chapters today. <laughs> Baby steps, okay? Um, I was just saying, I'm currently in a dark mode, but we have a show to run, so I have to keep things going, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, last week in chapter 28, Isaiah was addressing the Northern Kingdom of Israel and their impending Assyrian takeover. He used Israel as an example to show Judah in the South how we shouldn't rely on our own devices because we always fall short. Even the most loving and obedient followers of God are gonna fall short at some point or another because we're all human. They also had a severe drinking problem, if we're being honest. Isaiah had an intervention for them, okay? <laughs> So now let's dive into chapter 29, what we're here for. And the woe is for a city named Ariel. Let's go into some scripture. We are going to go to chapter 29, verses one to two. Ah, Ariel, Ariel, <laughs> like the mermaid. Mm. Sorry, okay. 
Under the sea. Under the sea. I said, the the Yeah, that's Sebastian it. was the, the crap. Yeah, I don't know why I thought Sebastian was hot. He's a crap. I know. You're into craps? No. Don't, don't, don't make that a sound bite. <laughs> now they're going to put Brianna's into crabs in a couple years. <laughs> Scripture. Isaiah chapter 29, verses 1 to 2. Ah, Ariel, Ariel, the city where David encamped. Add year to year, let the feasts run their round. Yet I will distress Ariel, and there shall be moaning and lamentation, and she shall be to me like an Ariel. So at this point, we know that Ariel, they, where, where is Ariel? We, they, biblically, where is that on the map? We're assuming that what Isaiah is uh, uh, trying to say by using Ariel is the city of Jerusalem. Okay. Because he also says the city where David encamped. That's two, putting two and two together, okay? <laughs> Laws of hermeneutics, we know these things if you've been reading along. So God is so smart, okay? And he's always 10 steps ahead because he plans to send an enemy army to start a siege in Jerusalem. But what that army doesn't know is that God shows up and shows out with an army from heaven, a holy army. And that enemy army flees because they got so scared. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna re-say that. I'm gonna say that again, so that just in case people may not understand. Okay. What was going on is the Lord planned for an enemy army to go to Jerusalem, seize the place up. But what he did was organize a holy army to come in and they're, they're more brolic, they're stronger. Mm. They see what they're doing and they see the holy army, they get scared and the enemy army leaves. Mm. Understood? Mm -hmm. Let's hop into some scripture. Go. Isaiah chapter 29, verses five to six. But the multitude of your foreign foes, the enemy army, shall be like small dust and the multitude of the ruthless like passing chaff. And in an instant, suddenly, you will be visited by the Lord of hosts with thunder and with earthquake and great noise, with whirlwind and tempest and the flame of a devouring fire. So that was the, the holy army coming in, right? And listen, you guys, it happened so fast that the people in Jerusalem woke up like, wait, was that a dream? They didn't even know what was happening. It happened so quickly. The enemy army came to siege and then the holy army came and scared them, okay? But even if they could confirm that it was for sure not just a dream, they wouldn't know what to make out of what just happened because they don't really love God, you know? In Jerusalem, sure, they do the burnt offerings. They do the whole thing. They wear the garb. They do the celebrations. But Isaiah reiterates that the love for the Lord is not there. He can see through the BS, you know? That's why they're confused. That would be my phone. And he knows too. <laughs> they don't even know how to tell if God's salvations are a dream or not. Mm. They don't know. They, they, they can't distinguish between them. That's how far in their own like self-righteousness or lostness, nissness. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, high tangy, not high tangy. This is another reason why. It's like another reminder. The Bible is so cool because I didn't get this while I was writing today's episode, mm -hmm. but I'm getting it now. Okay. 
this is another reason why we shouldn't put our value in uh, uh, what we do for a living, our job, uh, the job we don't have, our promotions, the promotion we don't have, the family that we were assigned at birth or the family we weren't assigned at birth, mm -hmm. the, or relationship or money, our value and self-worth or our direction should not be defined by those things. They shouldn't, you'd be lost. You wouldn't even be able, you'd be confused and disappointed for life if that's, if that's what occurred. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You'd be confused. Those things are fickle. And transitory, like doesn't stay. Just like that, just like the army that came with the siege and then the good, the, the holy army came, they didn't even know. They didn't even know it, A, it was quick, just like those things that occur with us, but also they wouldn't have been able to tell the difference anyways. They don't know what blessings look like to even be like confirmed and even indulge, not even indulge, but like to, to be become aware to of it, Yeah, to identify it. To be grateful for it. Mm -hmm. There is no gratitude where confusion is. Mm -hmm. You're too confused. Your, your brain and your spirit are trying to put two and two together too much so that it's distracting you from being, you know, grateful uh, in the present moment with God, if you will. And Isaiah called them out. You. There is no love for God here. You do the burnt offerings, you do the things, you do, blah, blah, blah. you consider yourselves Jewish, yes, you do you, to keep up the customs, but mm -hmm. the love is not there. Mm -hmm. You cannot lie to God. It'd be like lying in your own journal. That is weird behavior. <laughs> you do not lie in your own journal, you know what I mean? <laughs> like God knows, just like with a teacher, like you can't fool a teacher. That's true. And if well, you, well, no, no some teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone said, Brie, you're so smart. And I went in my head, mm, you know what? I really wasn't. Like <laughs> in school, I was just a good charmer. Well, it's part of being smart, honey. I don't know. Maybe not wise, but smart. I don't know. Teachers know, they know us so well. Because they know you too. We think they don't, but they're out here just observing you all day. So they know you. Yes. They know how you behave in a certain way when things happen. So that's why a lot of teachers, well, good teachers, not everyone, but mm -hmm. like a lot of teachers can also spot when there's problems at home, abuse okay. or whatever, because they can see the kids' behavior changing and they know these kids, so something's going on. Yeah. Or eating disorders. I had an eating disorder and my teacher saved me. She was the one that spotted it, was so strict about it. She was like, I'm calling your parents and like, she's the one that saved me. Mm -hmm. She knew me, you mm -hmm. know? I yeah. love that. Oh, shout out to that teacher. Yeah, Lali. Scripture, Isaiah 29, verse 13. And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. I think we got to say that again. And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Mm. All right. So when they pretend to be speaking to God, they're really thinking about other things. To speak to God is to be knee deep in the present moment but they're not in the present. They're in delusion, mostly, right? Because they worship the God of Israel according to what conveniences them. And their religion is only to keep the tradition going and to serve their own interest. Mm. 
Oh, you guys, and I know this so deeply. Let me know if I'm speaking to someone here. Can I get an amen? If you're in the train, in the car, in your house, in your bedroom, in class, let me know. Like if this, if this resonates with you, leave a comment, okay? But the biggest burden for any believer of God is their own attention deficit mind and spotty devotion. You can fool yourself, but you can't fool God. Like, you know what I mean? You know, people that know that, they know what that means. Oof. Mm. Not proud of it, not proud. And I host a Bible show, you know? Anyways, what can you do? Anyways, like Isaiah, right? He's so swift with his pen. He lets them know God sees their distant heart. And for this very reason, he's gonna make their testimony be super duper meaningful. So he's gonna let them get real, real low. They're gonna, like I said last week, they're gonna hit their bottom. But he reminds us that it's gonna make your testimony even stronger. Mm. You're gonna be able, like a net. The God uses us kind of like a net. Mm -hmm. And depending on what your testimony is, you'll reach a wider net of people. That net is wider. Right. So he reminds us that it's, it, it, it's gonna get dark, but like we've said before, the Lord, uh, ¿cómo se dice en ahorca, pero no, no aprieta. No, aprieta, no, aprieta, pero, aprieta no pero no ahorca. So the Lord, we always get that I wrong. Had the same problem last time. Uh -huh. The Lord will put his hands on your neck, but he'll never squeeze. He'll never choke you. Mm. There's no, he doesn't want to paralyze you uh, spiritually in that way. Not for anyone, anyone who's paralyzed and listening to the show. Hello, welcome. I, if you're offended, I, I apologize. That was not my intent. No. Quadriplegics are all welcome. No. Okay. okay. That's no needed. That's extra. Okay. Just, I don't know. We could have a paralyzed person. Yeah, but that's all, like, it's a reference. Like, it's not something bad. It's a fact. Like, I'm trying to be an inclusive babe. And, and you're just saying that God is not trying to paralyze you. You're not saying the paralyzed people are bad or worthless. You're just saying Wait. that... Hi, Tangi. There is a quadriplegic Christian man who... Ooh, his sermons are so strong. Like, they hit, and I have legs, I have working legs. No, not even, this guy's isn't even important project leader. He doesn't have legs, limbs. Oh, shit. And he be, like, moving around, goes to the stage, and his testimony is so strong. I hate to use him as an example for this, but, like, what I'm saying is, whatever your story is, if it's gotten grim, trust me, that doesn't define who you are. The Lord defines who you are. It's, on, it's outside of body. It's outside of job, it's outside of whatever predicament, okay? The Lord loves you. Let's hop into some scripture to hear what Isaiah has to say about the Lord, you know, building the people up after they fall. You know, building their testimony. There is a light at the end of that tunnel, babes. Let's go to it. Let's get right to work. Let's read a scripture. <laughs> 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 Scripture, uh, chapter 29, verses 14 to 15. Ooh, this was so good. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. Ah, you who hide deep from the Lord your counsel, whose deeds are in the dark, and who say, who sees us? Who knows us? Ooh, that was good. 
and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. But the Lord always has a plan. What's discernment for these people right now in Jerusalem is not what they think it is. Okay, remember, these, are, these were Jewish people, but their hearts were not with the Lord, and the Lord was calling them out on that at this time. Understood? Okay, a teacher always knows. <laughs> and now we're on to chapter 30, which would be the third chapter, the third woe Isaiah has to Israel, mm -hmm. right? The third woe is low key to Judah because they don't say it explicitly, but you know, context clues, let me know if I'm wrong. I'm just a person, but I think it's a Judah, <laughs> okay? Because everybody know that they have been secretly trying to build an alliance with Egypt to protect them against the Assyrian army, all right? The Assyrian is the non-holy, not the first one that went there. Oh yeah, no, no, Assy yeah, yeah, yeah. Assyria is not, it's the nation, Clara, map here. It's the nation that is to the, um, if you're looking at the map, map here. to the right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the right of uh, Israel in the north. Okay. Okay. Assyria. If you're looking at the map on the YouTube, if you're not at the YouTube, go to the YouTube, thumbs up, leave a comment. Thank you for the algo. So at this point, Judah sees that the Assyrian army are, you know, murking the north, the northern mm -hmm. kingdom. They don't want that to happen to them in right. Judah. So what Judah does, because they think they're smart, well, they've done it before, <laughs> right? And because we're reading this, uh, obviously the laws of hermeneutics, we know that they did this per other books, Chronicles, <laughs> Kings, you know? They try to build an alliance with Egypt. They know that Egypt is super strong. And what their human brain is thinking, they're not consulting with the Lord, they're not seeking counsel from the Lord. They are thinking that, oh, if the Assyrians know that they're in alliance with Egypt, they're not coming down here. They're mm. gonna be fine. <laughs> Boo, tomatoes, tomatoes. No, wrong. First of all, get off the ground. Stand up, stand up. Because the Egyptians kept the Israelites enslaved for 400 years. Oh, shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're literally going to the enemy for help. Well, you got God right there. You know, they see what's happening in the North. And of course they don't want it to happen to them. You know, their faith has run dry. And when you don't seek counsel from the Lord and you start making your own preemptive decisions, your own plans, ish hits the fan every time, okay? Even if it means getting in the bed with the same nation that enslaved your people for centuries. It doesn't matter. It ain't good. Nothing good can come from that. Mm. They didn't trust God to take care of them. Let's hop into some scripture for some more context. Okay. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, mm. in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and in trust shall be your strength, but you were unwilling. Ooh, let's break this down right now. Mm. Look at these words. Let's highlight these words. Returning, rest, saved, quietness, and in trust. That is like the Lord going up to the whiteboard 
taking out his pen, um, his marker, mm -hmm. right? His dry erase marker, mm -hmm. going to the board, writing down, and then thus said the Lord to God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. Da, da, da. He's circling return, mm -hmm. and then he circles rest, and then he circles saved, and then he circles quietness, right? And then he circles strength. <laughs> Just like a teacher would. This is him giving instruction. Mm. What good would just the Lord uh, uh, giving them ample critique? And uh, what good would that do if there's no instruction behind it? Right. He knows how lost they are. He's not gonna, he's gonna give them a little sum sum, right? And that is as clear as day. So simple in one verse, the instruction to how to get back right. The Lord, 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 can the people be saved? He said yes. He said yes. And then he said, all you got to do is return, rest, and then you got to seek the quietness, and then you got your, your strength in the Lord. That's what he said. I didn't say it. It's what Isaiah said, that the Lord told him. And then he told us. It's like a game of holy telephone. <laughs> Moving right along. The Jews at this time were the only professing people God had in the world. They were the, it was it. That's it. Mm. But many among them were rebellious. They had the light but they loved the darkness a little bit more. They needed that specific kind of instruction. Let's uh, get into some scripture for, but the scripture is so much more important than what I have to say. I always feel that way. If I could just do an ASMR Bible reading, oh, I would just do that. Just read the Bible? Yeah, wow. it's so much better. Every time I hear myself speak, I'm like, but when I read the Bible, it's like words that I did not write. I'm like, wow, this is so good. This is so good. Is what I think. This is not a, it's an imaginary cigarette. It's not a real cigarette. I don't smoke cigarettes. Okay. Okay, whatever. Scripture, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18 and 19. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he hears you. Can I just pause there real quick? I'm gonna, sorry guys, I'm gonna get to verse 20 and 21, but that's so beautiful. The Lord loves you and the Lord will hear you. If you cry for him, he will hear you. However, if you deny him every time, that's a choice that you make, he gives us free will. He, he, and he, he loves you, he loves you. So he, he will honor whatever you decide, right? It's, it's almost like if you decide to be apart from him, he's going to respect that. And then this, it doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter. It could be two minutes before you die, it doesn't matter. And you decide to reach out, he's going to reach, he's gonna receive you. What, what's the verse? As soon as he hears it, he answers you. Mm. If he hears that, ooh, that, that feels so comforting, especially for the season that, that I'm kind of in right now. I feel, I feel comfort in that, you know? And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. 
and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Isn't that so beautiful? <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. He's saying that I'm going to be there. You give me the call. The phone bo works both ways. You know, it's just so, oh. I love the book of Isaiah. And I love how he marries these moments of like a parent being strict with you, but also leaving the line, like I will always answer your phone calls. Oh, mm -hmm. beautiful. I may not always give you what you want, but whatever is given to you is going to be a part of your testimony, is going to be a part of your story. And through him, through the Lord, you're gonna be able to persevere no matter what, no matter what it is. No matter what it is, that's what hope and faith do. It's this gas, it's a spiritual fuel in gas and it's infectious because the whole point of acquiring it, of having it, of living in it is to multiply it. That's the whole point of it. It's like when happy people are so freaking happy they wanna like make other people happy. That's what it is. Sorry, I think. Oh, can I get an amen? All right, anyways, I love it. <laughs> this is so dope, okay? Because he has spent the last three chapters using Isaiah to convey this message of getting out of your own way. Don't trust in your own devices for spiritual fulfillment because you literally don't have the secret sauce on your own, okay? It's way bigger than you. But what good would that message do if the Lord didn't also share how we go about changing, right? Like I said before, he gives you the instructions. Your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Oh, like a little walkie talkie. Merch, <laughs> little red walkie talkies, okay? <laughs> Anyways, stay tuned for next week's episode where we finish off the last three of Isaiah's woes. Mm. Mm. Moral of the story. Moral of the story is God knows what we need, like a teacher. He knows what subjects we need to pass in order to get to the next grade. And if you've had a the good fortune of having amazing teachers in your life, you know that following their syllabus is wise. They don't create it for you to suppress you or hold you back. They share it with you so that you get the most out of the class, so that you can challenge yourself in a way that won't overwhelm you or stifle your growth. Now, if you think you've learned enough and are beyond being taught or led, you're as good as dead. People who think they are wiser than God aren't well. Mentally, emotionally, they are in the hospital bed with first degree God complex burns. That or a lot of pain, I don't know. But from today's readings in Isaiah, we are reminded that God waits to be gracious to all that come to him by faith. He wants you to go to his office hours and ask for help, for wisdom, for more faith when we're running low. He reminds us that should we be strengthened, it must be in quietness and in confidence, keeping peace in our own minds and relying on him. I'm telling you, trust me, babes, there's comfort there.
<gasps> Ooh. Hey, Father. How'd I do? <gasps> Amazing. Yes, Professor Yahweh, we are all on board for the curriculum of life. Yeah. So, um, uh, about that situation that happened with my friend and the umbrella, I promise you, I don't have anger issues. I was just, you know, the rain, I looked ugly. I felt a little fat. 